What is up, guys? Welcome to the Super Coach Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Savage, the coach of the Savage Turbos. We are a mere 24 hours away from the Las Vegas kickoff, and my God, I'm excited. Round Zero team list come out on Tuesday, and we are... Everyone is scrambling. Uh, split team list. It's got everyone in all sorts, and we're trying to dissect as much as we can to have the best side that we can prep ourselves for next week. And... Yeah, it's all over the place, but I'm very excited for the footy to kick off tomorrow. We'll be at the non-Supercoach, the non-Vegas Supercoach party, hosted by the Daily Telegraph at the start tomorrow. If you haven't got tickets yet and you're doing nothing and you actually want to go, head head to the bio. There's uh, there's links in the description if you want to come along. There's still a couple of tickets left, so make sure to head to there. But I am going on to Facebook and answering your questions, which I put out a post the other day asking anyone to ask questions relating to their Supercoach teams. I'm going to answer them now. But firstly, make sure tomorrow, if you're having a punt on the footy, the footy's back, baby. Picklebet have the best markets for you. Make sure to know what you're really gambling with for free and confidential support. Call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. But make sure when you use Picklebet... Use the code TURBO when you're signing up. That lets them know that you're coming from us and they'll take really good care of you. Firstly, we're going to get into the questions and what an exciting time to be alive. Supercoach is back. It's back, baby. I can't. It's the best time of year, isn't it? Um, so first question here, Ben Middleton. With Butcher on the bench, who do we think is going to get more minutes out of Tupanua and Wong? Thinking of starting with Tupanua just because of the price. I've been in this exact dilemma all week. Um, I had Tupanua in my side most of the week, but the fact that Tupanua shifted into the middle in the trials makes me think that when Butcher comes on, Tupanua goes into the middle and doesn't play 80 minutes. Uh, I think Wong is the guy who has upside and has the potential to be the next superstar. With Tupanua, I think he's probably peaked NRL and super coach wise. Uh, I think he definitely is in for a bounce back year, com- coming back from an AC- ACL injury last year. But with, with Wong, he is someone who is based on, yeah, coming to grade last year and did all right, but he's still got many more gears to go to, and I think this will be a breakout year for him. The bench is suited for Wong. I don't think he comes off. I think with someone like Wong, you're confident to play him every week because he's got that attacking upside and looks like he's got a solid base as well, whereas Tupanua is the kind of guy that relies heavily on attacking stats. When he was playing on the edge, he got a lot of 30s back in the day when he when he was at his best. A lot of 30s, uh, but when he scored a try, he obviously did better. But yeah, Tupanua is someone I'm definitely much more keen on Sewell Wong at the moment. Brett Sims, I'm thinking man spec here for the cheese. Would you do it? I love the cheese. So Trent Robinson was actually quoted saying the plan is to go up the middle. And I think this is very, very beneficial for cheese. Sandon Smith on the bench is a bit of a worry because I think he probably comes on and plays 15, 20 minutes, maybe even more. But does that mean Cheese comes on and plays middle just to get a bit of rock speed? I think the fact that their plan is to go in the middle and compared to compared to the South side, Souths have started with a four forward bench. I think all the team's plans are to go up the middle and Souths have gone about it in a way that 
they're constantly going to have fresh forwards on the field. Whereas the Roosters, they've got Sandon Smith coming on who adds a bit of X factor. I know Cheese has X factor, but he adds just a little bit of a different type of play as well. And Cheese can also come through the middle. So they're, they're a bit flexible in that regards. I know, uh, the Rabbitohs have Havili, but Damien Cook is easily an 80-minute hooker, so they don't need someone coming onto the field and relieving a hooker, whereas I think Brandon Smith does his best work in shorter amount of time. I think it means Cheese does play through the middle, which is good for his base stats. It's not good for his attacking stats. We want to see him late in halves going for scoots. Uh, but I really like the Cheese, but the, the issue is I think he's someone who is... He's someone, if you can find the funds to upgrade when your team's sorted, he he's a great option. But with the split rounds, I don't think you can do it. Jordan Sharp, Nico versus Cleary, which one to choose or do we need to sacrifice another position to have both? I think Nico is clearly the first one. Just, just because of Penrith's draw in the first four, I get Penrith... They don't really need to rely on their draw too much. Uh, they clear can score well against anyone, but they are the hunted. Uh, and it's not only that, Penrith starts slow. Uh, they started slow last year. We saw in the World Club Challenge they didn't win. Their attack is really clunky at the start of the year. So with... Um, with Cleary, I think he'll do well, but he usually takes like two or three games to get that big score. And yeah, when he gets that big score, it's going to suck. Uh, but I think you've got to definitely plan to at least get him in by round five, round six. I know it sounds a bit stupid kind of planning to get him in so early, but I think it's just a balance of the side because I don't think he's going to hold up to that 912k price tag early on. Blake Holt had two mid-range front row forwards and two cheapies. I'm now thinking stuff it and go for cheapies. I don't know what cheapies you could possibly go. Um, there's obviously Sam Hughes, McKaylee, Xavier Willison. If you're going like a Spensalino as well. I just, I don't love it. I think you've got to have one person there who you can rely on week in, week out because these cheapies could end up being massive studs. Phil Gould, uh, massive duds, sorry. Phil Gould was quoted today saying Sam Hughes, he, he didn't play, hasn't played a lot of footy in the last two years. So with someone like Sam Hughes there looking at easing him in, uh, that's quoted by Phil Gould as well. So uh, Sam Hughes, someone we thought we could play as a second front row forward, may only get 20, 30 minutes, which is not ideal for your starting side. So I think you've got to put someone in there who is reliable week in, week out, and then at least it doesn't leave you kind of screwed if your other front row forwards don't work out. John Smith, going Nico in my first halfback option, Second spot, looking for someone with a good draw that could average the same score as Cleary. Should I go for a Smokey like Ben Hunt or Mitch Moses? Uh, hopefully pick up Cleary round five to seven at a discount. Best options for those going without Cleary. This is exactly what I'm doing. As I said, round five or six or seven is when you want to target him because that's when they start to heat up. Mitch Moses I'm going with. Early draw. Um, oh, I, I did a team reveal a couple of weeks oh, last week, actually, and... Moses wasn't in my side then. He's in my side now. He is. I'm very excited to have him. Um, But yeah, I'm very excited to have him. And he is a big upside guy. I think he can match Cleary. In the trial, it looks like they're hungry. And 
a lot of people are worried about the Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses combo. I think they can both benefit off each other. Adam Sargent, I've been toying with the idea of having one enough to start Galvin. Surely he gets a run this year to something else. I don't like starting with Galvin. Um, if, he, if he does start the year well, I think go for it. I think what you're better off doing is starting with someone like Ethan Strange in your 5'8 spot. And if Galvin gets picked and he goes well for the first two weeks, well, then you can shift Ethan Strange down to your center wing spot and then you can bring Galvin in. Um, I'm starting with someone like Tulpiki, who will get three, four, five games uh, for the Warriors with Chance Nickel Clock start out. Hopefully he makes a bit of cash and then I can sell someone like him early on because realistically no one would have peaked by the time Galvin's ready to come in uh, if he does start from the get-go. Um so at least like with someone like Tulpiki, CNK comes back and his cash growth kind of stops there. So hopefully he's made, you know, 100K, which is good enough for me to bank nice and early. And yeah, move Galvin in, move Strange down. And I think that's a good kind of tactic to take. Oh, I've just gotten out of it. Uh, it was Chris Blaze Will, Will Cox, who is here somewhere. Here we go. Do we think James Tedesco returns to top form? I have faith in the bloke. He's copped so much. Hard to soar like an eagle surrounded by turkeys. I love that comment. I'm starting with James Tedesco. I've been pretty sad on it since the beginning. I think with um, especially the Vegas games and them going up the middle, it's really going to benefit Teddy. I think he's going to get a lot more base stats this year just just with how fit he is early on. Um, I think he's going to get a lot more tackle breaks. Um He's the kind of guy who gets the ball in, you know, where the second row usually stands. And with the Vegas, uh, like a lot of fullbacks, they're worried that they're not going to be able to do the cutout ball in Vegas to the wingers because it's so short. If you've seen the sidelines, they're pretty ridiculous too. But he's the kind of guy who takes that run or passes to his center rather. So I think Teddy's going to benefit massively for round one, uh, especially coming up the middle. Kicking game is going to be smart, so it's going to go straight to him. He's going to run the ball back a million metres. I reckon, bold prediction, 250 metres at least. Uh, that's not too bold. But, yeah, Tedesco I'm really keen on. Um, as I said, most of the fullbacks have a pretty tough draw up until round three, four. Uh, I think he can um, – He can. he's someone who is pretty draw-proof when he's at his best. Uh, Philip Barnes, Barnes makes cash, Teddy. He does make cash. Joel Kwan B, is Tui in the front row an option this year as your second? I don't think so. I think you've got to definitely have a look at him before you pull the trigger on him. Michael Carver, what's the plan for your team structure regarding to the two TLTs? We talked about this on Tuesday. I'm pretty sure if you go the most expensive players that are super coach relevant this year, you only take up like three, four million. And that leaves you with an average of like 450K for every single position in the rest of your side. So I think you'll be right. You don't really have to worry about it unless you're going all these mid-range options and relying on too many cheapies. Um, just give yourself enough flexibility for next week. Adam Hemsworth, thoughts on running Harry Grant and enough in the hookers. Cop an AE for Harry's buys. Don't need the trade unless he gets injured. I hate this tactic. I, um, I've heard some people kind of 
want to do this and I, I really don't understand it. I think early on, you want to maximize your growth in every single position as much as you can. With these front rowers, we don't know if they're going to work out. Every year, we kind of have plotter in there that just stays there the whole year and it's so frustrating. We don't know if someone who we're a cheapie we're relying on is actually going to do a lot shitter than we expect. Uh, so you could have that enough and yeah, sure. If everything goes to plan, fair enough. But if some cheapies don't work out, you can end up having three, four guys in your side who aren't making money, which completely stunts the cash growth of your side. I think you're better off paying the hundred K for the Joey Lusick. I don't care if two hookers are named on the bench. They've still got chance to make money. It's better than a guy who's not making money. They're so cheap that if they go over for a try, that's a hundred K. And you can use that 100K to go to a, you know, when Braley comes back and he looks like he's playing 80 minutes, maybe he comes off the bench and plays 20 minutes for a bit. He's going to lose cash. And then you can go down to Jaden Braley and, you know, bank 200K. So I really hate this, um, this nothing at the hooker kind of tactic. It's just, it doesn't make sense. And it goes against all super coach odds. And I know... You've kind of you really got to adapt, and I just don't think nothing is adapting. All right, um, I'll put a thing up on Instagram today. So um, let's have a look. To oh Jesus, we have a lot of questions. Jack Carney on Instagram, can you start with all second row forward mid rangers? Hundred percent, you can. They're all due to make money. Um, I think they're all as good as each other. If it means the balance of your side. Everywhere else is great. 100% go for it. I'm going with them. And I've got someone like Jamin Salmon on my bench as well. He's my lowest price second row. And my highest price is Helam Lukey at 470. So I think go for it. Dan Redman, given Cleary's draw, is a safe to go Moses and pick Cleary up round six after round six bye. Love it. I absolutely love it. I think Moses, um, as I said, I think he's in for a big year. And he's... um, He's always been an option every time of the year, so I love it. Hayden, investment. How many minutes do you think Terrell May gets in thought? So with the Roosters pretty much admitting that the tactic is to go up the middle, and I heard uh, Latrell Mitchell on 360 saying um, he was asked a question, are you worried about the smaller field? Are the wingers worried? Uh, he said, the wingers are worried. Uh, they're complaining a lot, but our plan is just to go up to the middle. And when he said that, he kind of said, oh, I'm not meant to give away our game plan. I think that pretty much says to me, all their plans are to go up the middle. And that's why they have 4-4 four, four bench. Uh, massive rumors in the offseason that Pete Mamazelis was meant to be the 14 all offseason. Maybe he is the number 14 in round two. Maybe just this four forward bench is to play with the tactics for this week for the Las Vegas and the smaller field because realistically, you don't want to have your middles just going hard and then being gassed very quickly. So for someone like Sean Kepi and Jai Arrow, I think the the worry that's on them, it kind of, in my opinion, just makes them a bit more appealing. Uh, but with Terrell May... makes him way more appealing, doesn't it? I think he's the type of guy who they're going to want to capitalize, come onto the field, second phase footy, go through the middle. It it just suits Terrell Mays to a T. The fact that he is playing off the bench, I know it kind of sucks, but you've got to get past that mental barrier and just, just trust that 
if he gets 40 minutes, he's scoring 50, 55 points. So that's good enough for me. I love Terrell May as an option. I love him. Max King and Cotter front row forward, the Cashos. Uh, I like Max King, Cotter. I don't mind, but I think you're better off just going one of them. Uh, and if you are going one of them, oh, Max King was injured a lot of last year. Cotter has gotten the captaincy, so maybe he gets a few more minutes. I think toss a coin. You could go either of them. They'll average very similar, in my opinion. Uh, the cash loss again. RTS, Karaz, May, Burbo, starting center wings. I'm not against it. Uh, the thing with Karaz, though, I'm just a bit scared off with his injury, uh, lower back issue. He played through injury all last year, and we saw how that played out for him. I don't want him playing through injury this year uh, because he started off the season hot last year with no injuries. Um, and if he's playing with an injury early on in the year, I don't, I don't want a bar of it. I don't want to be holding him, waiting for a big score, because, and I don't want his scores to be, you know, yeah. Uh, we've got Byron Lloyd. Thoughts on Metcalf now that it seems he has locked down the six. I know there's been a few, there's been a couple of, um, questions about Metcalf. He could be a guy we're sleeping on. Um, RTS is outside him. So, you know, you'd assume RTS gets an early ball off Metcalf and, you know, he, if you're expecting RTS to score a few tries, then, Metcalf will definitely benefit off that. And maybe, like, RTS uh, makes a break. Metcalf will be right there backing up for him. So I actually don't hate it. I don't hate it. Um, I think he's definitely a fourth half. I wouldn't be putting him in your starting side. But that being said, Metcalf is such a talent. Maybe the second year is the year he's going to flourish. He didn't have an amazing year last year. had a good year. He was solid. But maybe this is, is the year he takes over. Jamie James Humphreys, 93 on Instagram. Wong or Tubes? I'm going Wong. Harrison Lanzen, Smithies or Terrell May? Go Terrell May. It's a better long-term option. But Smithies, I think uh, I've got him in my side. I think try and go both. Uh, Danica, 18, 89, Aiden Caesar for 5'8", for me to use money everywhere else. I'd go Ethan Strange at 5'8", first. Um, yeah, I don't love Aiden Caesar as a buy. He, he looks good in NRL. He'll control the game very good, but ship coach-wise, not heaps of value there. Cheapies under 300K by Danica, 18. We've got Burbo this week. We've got... Um, Pretty much just Burbo this week, who is a good option. So I'll go with that one. Another question from Danica89, Karaz or Hammer? I'll probably go Hammer just with the Karaz injury concern. Uh, I don't know how the Bulldogs are going to go. I think Karaz can definitely benefit if the Bulldogs still are shit. Uh, so I don't think it matters. I just It's the injury. And I think Hammer, they have a really good early draw, except they've got to buy round three. So very, very tricky there. Koopy Loopy, 7-11. I have Haas, Marju, Holmes, Cleary, Dylan Brown, Trell Mitt and Ponga and Grant. Who do I need? You need to make sure the cheapies around are going to make money. And if you can fit them all in and you've got the cheapies around who are going to make money, then you're really set. So if you do have a slow start, don't panic because these players will really benefit you by having them all when their draws start to open up, when they start to get a bit of match fitness. So if you can fit them all in, 
make sure the cheapies around are solid and you're not going with any nuffs because if you go with any nuffs, you're going to have to sideways trade these guys to make value in your side. Um, but if you do have people around that are making money, then it, it's not as urgent for you. Like, say, say you don't, I don't have half of these players, so I'm going to be scrambling to get these players in round six, round seven. The fact that you have them, you're not going to be needing to boost too often, too early, because you don't need to get, oh, Harry Grant's just gone 150 plus and he's got the Dragons next week or something. You don't need to be rushing him in because you already got him. Or vice versa for Cleary. Or say three of these guns go off in one week and you're like, crap, he's about to go up in price. He's got a good draw coming up. I need to bite the bullet and get him in. Whereas you don't have to do that. That's an advantage. And obviously... I think the thing is, it's about finding value. There's not heaps of cheapies. So if you can do it and the cheapies around are good, then it's a very good. Best mid front row, Mark Craswell. I'm a little bit higher on Sean Kepi, I hate to say, uh, just with all that Las Vegas news. And like, I'm really thinking in round two that they do name a utility on the bench, whether that's Pete Mamazelis or some someone else. I'm re- uh, a bit higher on Sean Kepi. If he can get 40 minutes for 50. Uh, 45, 45 minutes for 50. Oh, I don't know. I'm considering it because I've got Palacy in my front row at the moment and I'd feel probably a bit better with Kepi, but I'm just, I'm, I'm a bit awkward about it because if another option pops up next week and I've already locked in Kepi in May, then it's not very good. Jack Carney, I think Terrell May is still a viable option with the recent news of increased Linu minutes. Yeah, so there was a report today saying that Linu, uh, Trent Robertson pretty much said that Linu, as he gets older, his goal is to play more minutes and that's the goal for him. So maybe he looks at an extra 10 to 15 minutes over the next couple of years on average. Uh, I think it still is okay for Terrell May. I think he, he 40, 40 minutes is what bench players get at his kind of caliber. And if he gets any more, then that's perfect for him. I think if anything, it just means Spencerlinu is a better option. But I don't know. I don't know if Spencerlinu is that super coach guy, you know. He, he doesn't really have an offload, doesn't have much attacking stats in him. He's just the kind of guy that trucks nut and takes it up. Dylan Elturk, is Ben Hunter shout if you can't afford Hines? Titans in the first game, pretty good. Uh, Ben Hunt, he's the kind of guy who has hands all over the ball. Maybe we are sleeping on Ben Hunt because we know he's a good super coach option when he's on. Maybe we are sleeping on Ben Hunt. Let me get his stats up because he, I think last year, he's always an option at some point of the the year when, especially like during when players like Cleary injured. Like you always look at these guys who can come in, do a job while you wait for Cleary. He starts at 599K, which is based on a 58.7 average. Last year, he started the season with 89 against the Titans, 24 against the Broncos, 57, 103, 88, 29, 42, 57, 62, 84, 84, 48, 97. And then back into the season, he kind of dropped off. So he averaged... 66.5. He averaged 72.2 in the first six weeks. And that's what we're looking at. If you want to go, if you're not going Cleary, maybe Ben Hunt's the guy. 
Let's go to him. So his draw is Gold Coast, Dolphins, North Queensland, Manly, Newcastle, Tigers in the first six. He averages 62, 103, 54, 55, 52, and 44 against his sides. And he's had big tons against all of them. That's something you look at. You look at these players and if they've scored tons against sides because it just seems like if a player hasn't scored a ton against a certain side, then they're probably not likely to do that again. But I think the fact that he has scored a ton against all these sides is a very good um, – it's very good. He, he could be a guy you go instead of Mitch Moses. I think the fact that Mitch Moses' goal kicks just makes me feel a lot safer. But, oh, Jesus, Ben Hunt – he, he's like Daly Cherry Evans. I know Daly Cherry Evans is more of an option when he goal kicks, when Ruben Garrick's out of the side, but D- Cherry Evans has so much hands on the ball that the attacking stats are always there for him, and you don't even really care if he goal kicks when you look at him. Obviously, it's nice, but, you know, at 600K, you, can be, you only got to find 95K to get Moses. I think I'd rather go Moses, but Ben Hunt's not a bad shout. I don't mind it. Uh yeah, I think I definitely could be looking into that. I hate that you've asked that question because it's definitely making me look into it. Um, we got a massive announcement tomorrow morning, guys. Uh, it's oh, it's not huge. It's um, you you'll see you'll see it you'll see it for sure. But I've got um, of if you're part of the Supercoach Experience group on Facebook, you would have seen the announcement already. Yeah, so we let me bring up the questions that are put in the Supercoach Experience group. David Bainbridge, will overall Supercoach scores be lower due to the smaller field size in Vegas? I think there'll be more base stats, but also less um, less attacking stats. But there could be more. Who knows? Depends on how the breath's ref. Jeff Lane, steak or sniddy? Oh, it depends. If, if I've had a lot of chicken recently, I usually get a steak, but you can't go past sniddy. I always get a pinch of parmigiana, though. I love mushroom sauce, too. Uh, ben Middleton, best cheapy at hooker. I think there's Lussick, there's Hands, whatever gets named there. There's Levi. Maybe you can just start with Braley because he um, – he will get a go eventually. All right. I think that's it for the podcast today. If you are heading into the city this morning, if you are um, on your commute to the Supercoach non-Vegas party, please come up to me, say hello. Let me know you listen to the podcast because I I just love uh, people that speak to me about that sort of stuff because it's um, – it's really nice. A lot of people do listen, but you don't really realize how many physical people do listen. Like you see the numbers, you're like, fuck, that's a lot of people. But until you get people like actually saying they listen to it, it's it's crazy. Like I can't believe people listen to this podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Uh, we'll see you at the party. Good luck. Good luck with your Supercoach sides. Hopefully they go all right for you. And let's get, um, let's get silly. All right. Cheers.